Facebook, you would see he's transitioned, he's in a brand new country, and doing a reset, restart in another country where nobody knows you, you don't have all those leads and wonderful return business, would terrify anyone moving over there. But he joins us today, Mr. Glenn Cortino, welcome to the program. Hey, champ. Thanks very much for talking to me. Congratulations on the new book. What is the new book? Uh, it's actually called The People Lover. Tell us about The People Lover. I just signed a publishing deal with a big American company called Balboa Press, which is going to go out through America, Australia, London at the moment. Yeah, it's really a book on real estate, how to be a great agent, fatherhood, how to be a good person, you know, just motivation, bringing up your children and giving them the right skills in life. That's really what it's about. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to take yourself to the next level in real estate, it'll, it'll guide you right through it from start to finish. Very simple. Well, Glenn, let's tap into that topic because that was my fascination of getting you back on the program. And the last time we did your audio, it was for the book, How to Prospect for Future Business. Yep. It was just a perfect chapter that fitted in, into that book. Your career in Melbourne was massive, very well known. You appeared on everything. Everyone knew who you were. Our listener that missed that audio may not know, but your children are in the music industry, and that was really the catalyst for the move over to the States. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I you know, always dreamed about selling real estate in Beverly Hills, but I never really had the courage to make that the step when I was in my 30s with five children. So eventually I ended up with children that came to me and said, we don't want to be in real estate, Dad. Your business sucks. We're going to be in music. So I think uh, they decided they wanted to be in uh, rock stars and had a talent for music. So Simone and I... Reluctantly, you know, sold out of the business and house and cars and walked out of a pretty profitable, friendly, easy business in Melbourne, moved into Beverly Hills and basically started again, which would be, you would say that's madness on the back of a 12-year-old boy. But anyway, we're here. And the music industry is a tough gig. Like getting the boys cracked over there without the contacts, prospecting for houses or prospecting to try and break in the music industry, that they're as hard as each other. It's really hard. And look, I think the thing is that the same in the music industry, which the boys have been taught by me, nothing, I've given them no musical skills, but they have taught how to prospect and hunt and follow up. So, you know, they do what I do. They get out, they dress up, they meet people, they shake hands, they send chocolates and flowers, you know, they write follow-up letters. They do exactly the same thing in the music industry as I do in real estate. You know, we hunt all day and we spoil people everywhere we go. And that's what I've done since I've got here for probably five months. I decided to walk to work and not drive. And so I walked to work every morning, all suited up, stopping at every cafe, restaurant, lawyer's office, banker's office, hairdresser, shake hands, kiss babies. I'm the only agent in town in a suit and tie with a badge on. <laughs> so wow. anyway, that's a start. I was in the Melbourne Complete Salesperson course last week and I brought you up on screen because I was uh, in the middle of my prospecting module oh. and I was sharing your story and said to everyone in the audience, if you were to... Be plucked out of here now, your community where you grew up, where everyone knows you. I drop you in Beverly Hills. You don't even know the laws yet. What would you do to get started? And everyone just went blank because it's a, it's an interesting thought. What would you do? And what you've done is hit the streets, kiss the babies, walk around in a suit and tie. But let's get to this way real estate's sold. There is a significant difference between the American selling system and Australian selling system. What have you learned most and what have you had to do to adapt? Well, a couple of things that I have learned, it's only a little while I'll get my head around it, but really the fees are great. So the fees here are 6%, between 5 and 6%. There is no fee discounting here. And you represent both sides. So I'll represent the seller at 3% and the buyer at 3%. So the difference here is the agents don't necessarily work for the vendor. They work for themselves because they're getting paid by both parties. 
that's in, that's an interesting thing. We offer three percent to every other agent, so when you list a house, every agent in LA will come through. So you have to have great relationships with your competitors, which I've always done anyway. We built our business pretty fast. When I took over the Harcourts Beverly Hills business, which I bought in January, we had two brokers. We now have forty-two, so we've gone from a staff of zero to virtually forty-two in six months. Wow! And what was their attraction and, uh, of joining know, Glenn Cortino from Melbourne in LA? with our New Zealand brand. <laughs> the attraction is that I think that I've just been out doing what I do, which is, you know, I meet somebody, I get on well with them, I spend a bunch of hours and, you know, I make really great connections with people. I make sure I know their kids' names, their wives' names. All those little things are make a big difference. And all the people that have joined me have all been all coming now by recommendation. So, you know, it's um, word of mouth. We've got six branded Harcourt's cars, all staff drive them around, little mini keepers with Harcourt's on the side. We've got 42 people walking around Beverly Hills in blue, in blue suits and ties with, you know, the blue scarves or the blue ties. We're the only branded agent in Beverly Hills. How did the American consumer take to Glenn Cortino, the auctioneering suited-up agent? Did they find it different, breath of fresh air? Because it's very different to what the American market typically is. I'd like to say it was a breath of fresh air, but I have had to tone myself down just touch in Beverly Hills just to make sure that I didn't trample on anyone's footsteps just to get started. I just thought, you know, I'd just do it under the radar for the minute and just see if I could build my brand. You know, I'm building my own personal brand and so I had to be a little bit more conservative. But, you know, we sent, you know, Thanksgiving just came up here and I think we sent out I think 10 chocolate towers to our 10 best lawyers and bankers and clients in the area. They didn't receive anything from other agents that they'd known here for 20 years, you know. So those little things make such a difference. And I've had referrals from, you know, people that I've bought, you know, their pets a gift or their children a gift, just little, which I I've never done for business. I do it because I like people anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it just comes back to me now. Like I've built a referral network already and, you know, our office has got, uh, we've got 15 or 16 listings running. We've got two options for $10 million each. You know, the fees on those are substantial at 5%. So, you know, we've got, we're building something which is good, and I would suggest by June next year, well, I should have 100 sales people working under my brand. Absolutely phenomenal. And in that broker really model... What I, to do. I came in to help the kids with music. I was just going to do a one-man Glenn show in a corner, in a little quiet office, and, you know, just do one sale a month. But anyway, ended up with an empire again. And um, but the boys are out doing music, and they've released their first single, second single now in the USA. Big video just came out. So they're on their way to doing what they want to do, and I'll keep selling houses. So, Glenn, in this adapting to the different environment, would you say, and let's take something as classic as the listing presentation, what modified in that, what messages or signals do you get across to win business with a consumer who's definitely got to be thinking international because you're not from the local community, uh, LA's wide anyway, but what have you had to do to win business? Well, to win business, I firstly have to make it look like I look like I'm better than the other agents. So dress better, turn up on time. Well, that's a win. The second thing is that nobody here in all of LA does crystal hits, which I deliver in 30 minutes, and nobody here does a follow-up letter, which I do straight after. So really, nothing different to what I did in Melbourne. And to be honest, the Melbourne market for me, it's 10 years, 15 years ahead of what they do here. Phone calls, follow-up, nice to meet you, texts, client birthdays. Nobody does that here. So, you know, I was getting, you know, in Melbourne, there was a lot of people doing that because maybe I trained them or a lot of it here. It's like I'm 
I'm famous again. <laughs> it's interesting. It's no one does those. It's interesting you say that. I just got back from the UK, and that was my learn as well. It was like, wow, this is 1985 compared to the effort that's going into an Australian real estate practice business, the standards, the competition, the level. Fees are different. You've yeah. definitely picked that up from, you know, when, you, when you're playing with 5 and 6% on a property representing two people. And just for our listener, in the States, it's not in every state you can represent both sides. In some states, you're not allowed to represent both, but where you are, you can. In California, you can, absolutely, yeah. And, and the thing is that... Um you know, the way the market is here, there's so much opportunity here that they make an income and build a brand. And, you know, like, you know, sending out things to customers is totally unheard of. Like, keeping in touch with the client for a long period of time, it's pretty rare. Like, in Melbourne, there's lots of us to do it. But here, there's very, very few that do it. So when I came here, I thought, geez, I'm going to be miles behind the top agents in town. I realise I'm not. How powerful. So, Glenn, in this broker model where... You know, all the agents have got access to your properties, and you're good with that. You're a collaborator. That's probably one of the downfalls of the yep. Australian industry yep. is we don't collaborate. With the fees being yep. at that level, how does that affect the VPA, the value performance advertising, as we call it now? No, it's different because the agents pay. So if I list your house, Lee, for $2 million, as an agent, I would pay. Well, the agents here pay the advertising money up front for every listing. Having said that, I didn't know that. So when I listed my first two properties, I actually got advertising money because I didn't know that nobody else did it. <laughs> so you can get it, but nobody asks for it. Right. And, and as a fine with that, it's just been the way it's always been done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know any better, so the less you know, the better sometimes. But um, it's, not, you know, it's a lucrative market. There's plenty of opportunity here. You have to get out and hustle. I haven't done much different except for you know, making my calls every day. I don't go to the office. I go and sit in cafes and dress up and make friends with people and hopefully sell their houses. I mean, that's, that's the game. It's actually no different. And it's you have to just reinvent yourself. What's my sales pitch? You know, I've been in real estate 35 years. Nobody asks me if I've been here or not, so they don't ask me. I just say, okay, international company, that's great. If they don't ask, I don't bring it up. But generally, if I go into a listing and I've had a pre-listing kit, follow-up text, pre-listing email, I turn up on time and I'm in a suit, I probably got the job before I get there. Glenn, tell me the buyer side of it. Was that... Different? How does that feel working in a different country, working with buyer management? What's the difference? Not really. There's a lot of agents in LA that don't list. They just look after buyers. They drive people around all day and make an occasional sale. I don't do that. I don't even touch that. None of my staff do. We just focus on one thing for sure. If you own the listing, you make money in real estate. So we just focus on getting listings. We completely drop the buyer side and we focus on the listings because if you've got the listings, the buyers come to you and you get paid both sides. So the lister always wins. Same in Melbourne, same here. The difference is here, when the lister lists a property and the buyer comes to the open for inspection, in most cases unrepresented, uh, then you can represent both sides and take your 6%. So get the listings and you're going to make money. And in that buyer management side, is it the same sort of ratio for buyer-sellers, for the people you're meeting, you're locking them in the database? Is that different or the same? Same. Exactly the same. Nobody does it here, but it's the same. And look, the good thing about Harcourts is, which I think is a great feature for Harcourts in the States is we have 40 offices here. So I've just got the Beverly Hills one, but we do auctions here. I think last year we did 1,100 auctions in California, sold a thousand of them. There's not another company here that does non-distressed auctions. We're the only one and has a really great system in place for it. So it's not like the guys down the road do the auction. Nobody does it. So it's, you know, we are miles ahead of that game here. Why is the American agent never taken to the auction system? 
I just think because it's in, in the American system, it's considered a distressed option when you're broke and everyone's selling up on you. So they're really worried about that system. But now that we're doing it, it's starting to open doors and people are coming to us like in flocks saying, hey, you guys can option and sell my house in four weeks. Wow. The other agent took four months. And there's no legislation around quote pricing here. So bidding to start from one million when you're chasing one and a half or 1.6, that's fine. And it brings a crowd to your house fast. And that was my next question. Are you auctioning on the streets, in rooms? What are you doing? No, in rooms. We do everything in rooms because in LA you just couldn't, you know, I couldn't get from one house to another in 30 minutes. Impossible, you know, with the traffic. So everyone auctions here in rooms. You know, we get a crowd and they can bid online and all those sort of things. So it's, um, because the difference here is when you sell a house normally, after it's sold, buyers got 30 days to renegotiate the price or get out of the contract with no penalty. You know, they find termites or they find a problem with the house. They come back to you and say in the first week, oh, look, I bought it for a million, but I found so much, so let's make it 950. And so they have that escrow period where they can haggle again. With an auction system, it's done, out, no change. So people really flock to that as a... Because, you know, you can get sell a house and 30 days later buy this is the guy I don't want to settle them out, and they lose nothing. Wow. Not with the auction system here. With the auction system that we set up, there is no way out. It's a watertight contract, so... You know, people are coming to us and going, hey, you know, this, where is this system being? Where, why, why is nobody doing it? So Harcourt's sort of, you know, launched it a decade ago and it's really taken off now. Now that to me is like a blinding flash of the obvious, like the fact that anyone could renegotiate. Done, yeah, I know, it's crazy. I actually haven't done an auction yet myself. We have Ben Brave, who's the head auctioneer here. And, you know, I mean, he's been opting for a long time. He's good at it. I haven't done one yet. Only because I don't even know North, South, East, and West. If you ask me to school, you know, I don't want to get up in front of a crowd and not be able to point to the beach. I'm really technically stupid. <laughs> so, Glenn, what's been your biggest learns that you would share with our listener that could bring into their own real estate world, regardless of where you sell real estate in the world? And the more I speak to people like yourself who go from one level in Australia and then go to another country, it, there is so much the same. Yep, laws you've got to learn some adaptions, but as you've experienced there in LA, you've brought a whole better version of real estate to them versus, well, that's the way it's always been done here. But what's been your learn? Well, for me, I think understanding where you're at in your own cycle. So, you know, I came here, and obviously when you come to LA, and everyone in Harcourt's knew me anyway, you can come overrated, you know what I mean? I know, it's like a football player when they're overrated. I walk in, you think, wow, this guy's king, and he knows stuff. But I have to really go back to basics, right? And that is what I had to think, shit, I've got to go back to what I did when I started real estate in 1985. I had to go back to pounding the pavement because I come here with a huge reputation and I actually don't know what I'm doing. I couldn't tell you land per square foot. I couldn't tell you one street from the other. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I really had to step up fast and learn my game. And once you understand that, you don't get ahead of yourself. Because you get ahead of yourself in real estate, you're done. Before you start, you're done because you're over, overconfident in what you do. And Glenn, was that a confronting time of what if it doesn't go the way I think and I'm, you know, the older we get, the better we remember ourselves? Did that go through your mind? Uh, a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm a realist about it. I mean, I, you know, one thing I was, with, I think I'm a better behind in my own business is I'm great with people. I just love people, getting to know them, getting to know their life story. Nobody ever asks, you know. So that, that I didn't need any coaching on. And then learning the house. You know, a lot of people are not giving me the house and saying, well, you're not from town. I said, yeah, I understand that. But you know what? You're the most efficient agent we've ever met. We want you to handle our house. We get, we're okay, Glenn. We understand you don't even know where the beach is. But we still want you to handle our house. You know, hence your book, The People Lover, 
the one thing you've got confidence in is your ability to communicate. And I think a communications yeah. plan is not always digital. It's not uh, like I know you're using things like Active Pipe and email marketing and all those things, but you're always bound to, one, you'll work hard, you've got the work ethic, but you're not afraid of people. And I think some people hide behind tech, and tech and technique are two different things. Look, there's a bloke at the end of the street here that I stop and take good morning to every day, and I bring him a coffee every couple of days, and he, uh, his name's James, and he stands outside a Jewish stop. He said to me the other day, and he, he's already recommended me some people, but he said to me the other day, he said, you're the first person, I've stood here for 10 years, you're the first person that asked me my name, and I bring him a coffee every couple of days. He said, no one's actually ever stopped and talked to me. Do you realise, Glenn, that I run one of the biggest jewellery shops in Beverly Hills for the owner, privately? I'm always going to recommend you. I'm the first person to stop and talk to him. Can you believe that? How crazy is that? Well, it's a great lesson that the world's become a bit cold. And I think we're communicating differently, but you see someone like yourself, and that was my attraction of having you in our book, was that never goes away. That human connection, the power of human connection, is the greatest asset you've got. I mean, to be honest, I never have and I never will. I just don't like houses anyway. I'm not about houses. It's probably, you know, I like people. That's what's made my business enjoyable. And it's taking my business to another level now. So, uh, no, I'm, you know, the challenge is good. You know, we're not going away, so we're here to stay. So, Glenn, as a leader, what's on your focus list moving forward? What gets you up early in the morning to think about uh, what you're doing next? Well, we want to build our sales business to 100 sales people. That's first. The second thing is I'm trying to be more famous than my children, and I can't be beating you at the moment, so I really <laughs> have to pull my finger out and move fast. <laughs> love it, love it. And how are the boys going? Because I know they've got some singles being launched. Actually, I share that story that when they were in the big studios and they had that opportunity to record and you had them write, had the boys write the thank you card to the engineers and people don't understand the engineers now, all the biggest artists coming through and the, and the good artists will say, you know, have you seen anyone any good lately? Coming from street level is very different to hoping some big A&R manager gets you a gig who's probably got his own agenda and his own people he's trying to promote. Yeah, that's right. Look, they're working with all the right people at the moment. They're working with um, Sean Mendes' singing coach. They met Sean Mendes and Camilla Cabello the other day and had some time with them in the right place. You know, the singing coach that they work with, only certain people, he's got Sean Mendes, Camilla Cabello, Pink, Ariana Grande, Mason Jewel. So they're in the right spot there. They're young. They're, you know, they've got fanatical 12-year-old girls chasing him at the moment. So they're, if they're ever going to make it, they're in the right place. We give some like Sacrifice a lot to give them that opportunity. They have people loving skills too. You know, the other day they put a, something out on Instagram. I think they got a thousand messages in about five minutes, right? Compared to my Instagram, I get one message. So they got a thousand messages. They wrote back to every single 12 year old girl. Nobody does that. No. Same skills. That's that DNA part coming through. Final questions for you, Glenn. Your communications plan on the street. You've done massive on social. I see you everywhere. Hence you're on this program. What's your focus in communications now? What are you... Social's been huge for you. What else is working? In LA, unless you're big on social media, you get cleaned up. So people always check your Instagram, number one, before they employ you in LA, right? It's just a town. So I had to work that out fast. So now I make sure that I work my Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, every morning, 10 minutes, and done, without fail, one post. And it builds your brand. And I think my social media has gone from, you know, 10,000 to nearly 100,000 people in LA already, fast. So that's built a strong following. And so I can put my name in front of 100,000 people in a second. And um, so I've made sure the social media is important. I make sure I always walk around with a Harcourt's bag, a Harcourt's car, Harcourt's tie. 
and just hustle all day. Glenn, out of those platforms, uh, LinkedIn's very different to Instagram, very different to Facebook. What have you learned about LinkedIn that you may not have done while you were here in Australia? Well, okay, so over here, LinkedIn just credentials you, and it's the it's the older market that we get, you know, business people on LinkedIn. Facebook is your your age and my age. We're 40, aren't we? Anyway, so, you know, Correct. older families, mums and dads, the ones that have housed to sell are all Facebook. And the important thing about Facebook is they can share it with their friends. If you're looking for that market, which is the 15-year-old to 25, 30, and in, in, in LA, they all own houses, then you've got to go on Instagram. So they're three different, distinctly different climates and, uh, sorry, climates, three different markets that you have to attack. And what's something, Glenn, goes through his mind of, okay, I'm doing a LinkedIn post, is it ego or info? What do you target? What do you, what's the signals you want to get across? Okay, it's got to be branded. It's got to have my face in it somewhere and it's got to say hardcore. They're the three most important things and it's got to give some information to somebody because when somebody wants to use me as an agent in town, the first thing they're going to do is check out my socials and make sure that I'm good at what I do. And if I'm not, then I just look like I am until I am. And what about reviews? Is that working? Do you chase those hard? Like you've seen the Australian market go I for this do. crazy uh, yeah, amount of reviews. Well, what I did actually, I had to put my Australian reviews in America because I didn't have any reviews over here, a couple of mum and dad, you know what I mean? So reviews are important, but, um, you know, you need five on there. You know, they, they have Zillow over here, which is a review platform, and, you know, it's put five great reviews on there from clients I've met here, and that's it. Even if they haven't sold a house and say, look, you like me, yes, you like me, review, they put, I've got them on there and I'm done, on to the next, you know what I mean? And that's an interesting point. Zillow's just come out and announced they're selling real estate. How did that go down? Uh, yeah, look, they don't know how to, I mean, look, we are the only agency that do not buy leads off Zillow. Zillow sell leads to every agent in town and every agent buys them. I pay $2,000 a month to buy all the leads. My mindset is what you're doing is you are buying the leads, which are the people you've met on Saturday that you can't be stuck ringing back. So we don't buy leads. Yeah. And that's what you're going to do with all these big hunts. If they just send you back to people you met on the weekend, not 36, 40. And if you don't do 40 on Monday, it's 80 on Tuesday. And if I do that every day, six days a week, I don't know. What else can I do? That's game over. Well, you're definitely engaging. And it's been great to, to watch it from this side of the world. I know when you were going over there because we did that interview prior and it was like, okay, this will be interesting to watch. But sure enough, the people love art cuts through as he does. And I love that. That face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball human connection is still your most powerful tool. Glenn Cortino, we wish you all the best with the book and your incredible real estate career continues. And thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Hot Topics program. Okay, mate. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you.